Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode, the very first episode, in fact, of my podcast, Biomimistries. So here we are debunking the mysteries surrounding biomimicry and simplifying its complexities for the audience, that is you, to attain knowledge and from it and use the aforementioned knowledge for social good. So I would like to begin this episode by introducing our guest for today, Suranjana Daskupta, ma'am. So she is currently my biology teacher at school and with an MSc in botany from the University of Calcutta. She has more than 16 years of teaching experience in various parts of India and within various boards. She has also worked as a research scholar in an ICAR project and had published a paper in the Indian Journal of Plant Physiology. She found her love for biology in ninth grade, just like I did, and everything else fell into place from there. Namaste, ma'am, and welcome. How are you doing today? Namaste, Medhavi. Uh, so nice that you have me as your first guest to speak. I'm fine, Vita. How about you? I'm doing great. Um, so today's episode has quite a few things that I'd like to discuss with you. Uh, I Definitely. think we'll see an introduction, I think, to begin and to start off with everyone learning a little bit about biomimicry as well as a biology teacher's perspective, someone who really has knowledge in the area. So I'd first like to break down the definition of biomimicry itself for the viewers. So you split the term into half, you get bio and mimicry, which essentially means imitating nature and its processes and integrating it into our design and creative thinking, which is essentially again towards the attainment of social and environmental good. So ma'am, I have a list of questions and certain points that I'd like to discuss with you. So shall we begin? Yes, please. Great, okay. So ma'am, what is the very first thought that comes into your mind, the very first idea that comes into your mind when you think of the term biomimicry? So Medhavi, like you uh, very well uh, said and defined biomimicry, in fact, that is how we actually understand biology. So bio is life and mimicry. So we are basically imitating nature, we are imitating life. So the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, this could be probably the best way of overcoming human challenges because the closer we are to nature, the better we survive. Yeah. So that is what comes to my mind. Yes, ma'am, definitely. I think nature has been around for billions of years and we've only just properly started discovering it. I feel like science in and of itself, as it evolves, we also take our time mm -hmm. to learn about nature more and more. And it's best mm -hmm. to take inspiration for something that's been around for so long and it has survived for so long. Exactly, like, uh, yeah, you defined it very well. Thank you, ma'am. So the next question I have for you is, when we look towards nature for inspiration and design, which objective comes to your mind first? Is it utility or is it the design itself? Uh, yes, uh, like you know me, Medhavi, now for almost four years. So utility is the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, because like you mentioned this also, and this was also one of the things which I kept thinking about. If we study evolution, then we realize that uh, all the products of nature that we have on earth today have been tested through times. So we can say like constant struggle uh, for existence and then survival of the fittest is happening all the time. So whatever we see around us, uh, you know, is time tested. And if we could copy that to overcome our challenges, 
then I think that would be the best way uh, by which we could survive. So the utility is what is more important to me than provide the design would definitely follow. But first of all, the utility. Yes, ma'am, definitely. I completely agree with you. I feel like the design itself is a lot of work and it's a lot of effort. But if you have nature to take inspiration from, then you can come up with something that works very well. And utility is, of course, the primary function of most things we see around us. So, um, exactly. Yeah, great. So, ma'am, have you ever personally heard of any products or seen any products which use biomimicry as its primary concept? And if yes, would we like to go ahead and discuss it? Definitely. Uh, see, the first thing that comes to my mind whenever I think about biomimicry is the aeroplane. So if you look at the body of the aeroplane, so it is a complete streamlined shape. The same streamlined shape that is there in the body of birds. Or if you look at the vehicles that move in water, the ship, the boat, steamer, whatever you take, they too are having that same streamlined shape, shape which you see in fish. So this first, this is the first thing, you know, the, the word biomimicry brings to my head that how well we have copied nature to overcome the resistance of whether it's the air or the water uh, and make maximum utilization of the fuel that is used to run these vehicles. Then the second thing that comes to my mind is that if you look at the wings of the aeroplane also. Yeah. So in order to increase the surface area, just like the birds, uh, the, they spread their wings and they increase their surface area. So the air below their wings is much more and you know that automatically uh, gives them a buoyancy. So yeah. that has also been very well copied by us, I must say. Definitely. And thirdly, though it's a very small thing, but again, it's so close to nature, the wheels of the aeroplane. So when the plane is taking off, it folds the wheels and it draws the wheels into its body. Just like birds, they fold their legs and they draw it close to their abdomen. So uh, see here we have aeroplanes which are taking us to various parts of the world in no time, which was unimaginable maybe a few hundreds of years back. But how well we have uh, utilized biomimicry, copied nature, and today we are traveling to almost the other side of the world in a period of 12, 13 hours, unimaginable. So this is the first thing, you know, uh, in its volume, in its utility that comes to my mind whenever I think of a product, which is a result of biomimicry. Yes, ma'am, definitely. I feel like planes were, as you said, unimaginable even what, 100 years ago, I would think, 200 years ago? Exactly. Just the time they take to help us travel, yes, exactly. unimaginable. It's, it's actually quite surprising to see how much we've evolved, even though some people think that uh, we would have had flying cars by now and such huge things like that. But I personally feel like even these, you, you might consider small, you might consider large, this progress and this evolution that is taking place within society today, it, it really just puts everything into perspective. And um, planes is actually a really good example. That's one of the first that I personally thought of as well. So mm -hmm. ma'am, uh, when was the first time you did hear of the term biomimicry itself? And what sort of feelings did it produce in you? Uh, just like you, Midhavi, I was also uh, lucky enough to uh, have a very loving and uh, nice biology teacher who introduced us to this term at school level. And seriously, like what awed me the most was that, uh, like, you know, 
how well uh, we could take care of all our challenges, all our problems by simply copying nature. It's like uh, as if uh, that power, whether we call it God or whether we call it whatever, that supreme power has already provided solutions in front of us for each and every problem that we have. It's for us now to just look at them, realize their utility and just use it in our daily lives. So I, that is the feeling that came to me that answers are right in front of me. And I don't know because I am not realizing that these are my answers to my problems. So yeah, that was the first time. Yeah, that's, I personally found out about it from outside school. Actually, I did a program outside of school where we, it was related to design thinking and creativity. So I personally found out about biomimicry there and we designed buildings and things like that. It was really interesting. And the thing Wonderful. about biomimicry, ma'am, is that there, it just it is constantly evolving in its concept as well, since it's pretty new as a term. Uh, yes. There's a lot of new things being created and developed uh, around the world. And it's really quite interesting to learn about. And you learned about it like really long ago. And that's quite amazing to hear. Uh -huh. It was there for quite some time. It's just like, you know, it's right in front of you, but you're not taking notice of it. This kind of a thing has happened to us probably. So definitely. Yes. Uh -huh. And ma'am, if there was a particular flora or a fauna that you could take inspiration from when you design a product, just throw it out into, into the world, what would you come up with and what would it be? Uh, Medhavi, uh, in respect to this question, like uh, you see, I have been in Delhi NCI region from all, for almost 13 years now. Yeah. And every year uh, we get to hear about cases of dengue, you know, yeah. like lots of people falling ill, some even dying, uh, even with such a lot of advancement in medical sciences. And to think uh, that this dengue is actually getting spread by a very minute organism in comparison to us, a mosquito, which is acting like a vector. So, you know, what comes to my mind, uh, you know, is that I wish I could design uh, a, a machine maybe or an instrument, whatever you call it, which would resemble Nepenthes. Now, you as a bio student would be knowing Nepenthes is the pitcher plant, the scientific name for pitcher plant. So if there could be something of that sort, see one way would definitely be that if we could actually grow Nepenthes at our homes, uh, but maybe that would not be possible for everyone. So if we could design something uh, similar to a Nepenthes, which could actually attract the uh, insects, not only mosquitoes, but for that matter, any vector, which is uh, the cause of so many diseases, uh, some uh, see Nepenthes again pitcher plant, it has some nectar at the bottom of that pitcher, which is the food for these uh, insects. And because of that, they sit on the pitcher and they ultimately drop inside and die. So uh, instead of using all these various kinds of mosquito repellents that we do, which are various chemicals, which are also equally harmful to us, probably we don't realize, but in the long run, it would be having some effect. So we could do off with those. And instead, we could have something very close to nature, which would attract insects and eat up the insects without, emit, uh, without emitting anything that is, you know, harmful. Then we could actually uh, free Delhi NCR from so many, and why only this region, the entire world, from so many uh, vector-borne diseases. Oh, so, you know, this comes to my mind. I completely agree with you, ma'am. Also, the uh, problem with... Um 
flies as well flies would definitely exactly. they are one of the biggest spreaders of so many diseases they go to so many different places and it mm-hmm. really would be actually a pretty good solution i personally don't know of the way the nepenthes plant works and how much water it may require things like that but definitely maybe a machine which could perform the same function and it could uh-huh. be created and you know produced and then uh, sent to places instead of having to deal with the growing of an nepenthes plant and then managing the entire process of taking care of it things like that i think this would actually exactly. be a very interesting uh, creation to have around mm-hmm. us and to basically just as its function to help so many people and save so many lives and i personally exactly. got dengue when i was in what um fifth or sixth and it was not okay. great um, i can tell it you it was that. not great at all i know my own daughter got dengue uh, three four years back so Definitely. it's not at all a pleasant experience people who have gone through and we are blessed that at least we are here there are some who lose their lives also oh, and not only dengue there are so many other vector borne diseases so this would be a nice way you know we could get rid of all those diseases not even medicines not even the repellents would be required so that would save so many lives and such a lot of money for the poor definitely uh, people yes and i think it's one of those necessary ideas that had to be come up with eventually and something that as time progresses can hopefully take place and something definitely medavi maybe you could work on it <laughs> yes ma'am i i don't know about that because i plan on doing biomedical mm-hmm. science but um maybe okay. if i can think of something if you if you if you uh, have some kind of you know research that you later on in life get into related to bio then maybe you could keep this idea in mind and definitely. maybe you could it is a very good idea so i will definitely keep that in mind now okay ma'am yes. so are there any practical applications that you can see in day to day lives of biomimicry yes medavi like you know if you if you actually google you get a large number of uh, resemblances uh, instruments that have been built uh, doing biomimicry i will not quote those because anyone and everyone can see that so thinking of biomimicry i would think of those small things you know which we are using in day to day life and if we think minutely we will find that even we are using my biomimicry over there see last year 2020 uh, being such a you know different year from the rest uh, we were mostly confined to our homes and as a result in the, in the small balcony of my house i uh, i uh, grew many plants in one of those plants uh, a tailor bird i'm really so lucky to have been able to you know be a part of it a tailor bird built its nest and what they do is they actually stitch the leaves uh with their beaks i don't know where they collect this thread from so they get hold of some thread they stitch the leaves and they make the beautiful nest in which you know it lay three eggs and all so my main point over here is probably the this idea of you know needles that we use might have come from uh, uh, human beings observing the birds stitching and building their nests this could be one Yeah. then the second thing that comes to my mind is the dresses of the uh, military people you know the the ones that uh, where they have those uh, leaves and the shades of green and brown resembling the leaves exactly so that is again biomimicry if you think because it is uh, actually helping them camouflage 
in a similar way animals also camouflage with nature so that you know the predator can see the prey without being observed and if you look from the point of view of the prey so it can hide from the predator so that again is biomimicry then the third thing that came to my mind was the slanting roofs in the in the uh, places where which have snowfall so if you look at those roofs they are slanting in such a way that even if there is snowfall the snow doesn't gather on the roof yes so it it seemed similar to me uh, to a to a christmas tree maybe or any conifer for that matter that cone shape of the conifers is also in order to uh, you know allow the snow to fall off the leaves because if the snow gathered on the leaves if the conifers had leaves like we do in the plains you know dorsi ventral ones yes, yeah. then automatically the snow would be accumulating gathering over there and cause frostbite to the plants the leaves would die eventually the plant would die yes ma'am so so all these things you know midhavi they all came to my mind which are where man has quietly copied nature maybe not even realizing that he is copying nature but by doing that he has been able to benefit a lot and there are many other examples like that of the velcro which is similar to the burrs of burdock plant you know which stick to our uh, clothes whenever we are walking through a the field tongue, maybe i think the tongues of animals as well have those hooks which works exactly they scoop up the water from bowls and things like that which is huh, exactly huh. like like even cats have very hooked tongues so that's why they can clean themselves and remove any dust or other uh, foreign particles from their body so very true there's there's many like small little things that we i personally didn't realize about uh, slanting roofs things like that the little things which humans don't tend to realize but actually make quite a huge difference in our day to day lives and they made that by copying nature only i'm sure exactly ma'am <laughs> and it's so it's quite amazing. you know even uh, medhavi uh, uh, sorry i interrupted I'm you fine. even the fact that uh, these these whales they uh, send out ultra sonographic waves in the water never does a whale uh, you know uh, move into or clash with a ship so how do they do that they are actually sending ultrasonographic waves which they can hear we can't hear even the bats do the same and they know the distance that they have from the object probably that made us do this ultrasonography which is now so very commonly used in medical sciences you yes, know to yes, see yes. the organs and the problems inside or whatever is inside so all these things i'm sure uh, man has copied from nature and our products of biomimicry and nothing else definitely ma'am i think the term biomimicry hasn't been frequently used when describing these products but exactly it's it's very unintentional to not mm-hmm. use the term itself but it's definitely applied in quite a few different places definitely Definitely. And ma'am, do you yes. think biology, the the knowledge of biomimicry itself, would be useful as a tool for careers in design or biology? I feel so, Mithavi. Like, see, uh, uh, speaking with respect to design, yes, because the closer we can imitate nature, we know that the better the product will be. Because all these products, like I said, uh, are you know time tested. They have survived through a lot of testing and. they have proved themselves to the best uh, to be the best because of which they are surviving as far as carriers yes so like i told you uh, if uh, the option is there with my students that they pursue research 
I would definitely uh, advise them to, uh, you know, do more research on biomimicry and produce new uh, utility products. And who knows, it might be a noble winning one someday. Yes, exactly. some, some very big challenge might be overcome by their research. We don't know because that is a field I think we can still uh, do a lot of research in and there are lots of prospects there. Yes. Ma'am, I think biomimicry as a field itself is quite unknown of. Uh, I personally exactly. never heard of it or discussed it before I found out about it a few years ago. Uh -huh. But I think that we as humans can learn to delve deeper into the concept itself and look at animals, but look deeper beyond what is superficial. And that's definitely. one thing that could definitely provide people with help in design or like research, as you said. Yes, yes, exactly. Great, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, so I have a, a sentence for you. Biomimicry mm -hmm. is inherent to preventing climate change. And do you believe that statement to be true or false? Uh, I completely believe this statement to be true uh, because see, uh, if we are thinking about climate change, something which is actually uh, like has been posing a very big problem till 2019, I would say, because 2020 again, everyone confined to their homes all over the world had brought the pollution down such a lot that we ourselves in Delhi could feel the difference. Yes, so uh, keeping whatever we came, uh, went through till 2019, keeping that in mind, I would definitely say that, see the major uh, greenhouse gas that is causing the climate change is carbon dioxide. We are emitting carbon dioxide in every possible way. Not only are we breathing out carbon dioxide, but every vehicle mostly is emitting carbon dioxide. So though carbon dioxide is like, uh, you know, it's like a menace for us because we breathe it out, we are not inhaling it. But if we look at nature closely, we realize that it's not like that. Like for nature, CO2 is a very, very useful gas because ultimately, yeah, so by photosynthesis, we are completely dependent on plants for our food supply. So, and photosynthesis cannot happen without carbon dioxide. So, uh, Definitely like, you know, planting more of trees. And I even feel Medhavi that these solar panels that we are now gradually installing, we have so many solar panels in our school, we have it at our homes. So I feel that this concept of solar panel is also a bio mimicking of the plants which are utilizing the sunlight energy to produce uh, glucose through photosynthesis. In a similar way, we are using the solar, solar panels, the sunlight energy to produce electricity. Yes. And in this way, like see, ultimately, if we can uh, like plant more trees, reduce the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, automatically the greenhouse gas will get reduced. That will definitely cool down the earth if the earth is cooled down, if the temperatures come down by a degree or two, then definitely we would be using lesser, uh, you know, electric energy to cool us down artificially through air conditioners and fans and all that, or even the use of the refrigerator for that matter. So that again, in turn, see how it's like a chain reaction. So lesser use of these instruments would mean lesser CFCs being released in the atmosphere. That would mean lesser harm to the ozone layer. That would mean lesser UV light entering into the earth. So it's like a huge chain and one small step from our side could you know, take us a leap forward 
yes, in preventing climate change. So definitely, this this statement I believe to the fullest. Yes, yes. and I think biomimicry, looking at nature, <clears throat> even spending more time focusing on nature itself, makes us realize uh-huh. how important nature is for our own survival. And that exactly. in turn makes us want to prevent climate change because after all, we entirely depend upon trees for our own survival. So why would we not Completely. want to save them, right? Now, exactly. I, and exactly. also, I feel like the last, the past year, actually, the emphasis had to shift. It was forcefully shifted to obviously mm-hmm. COVID-19 because there would have been mm-hmm. no other option available. We had to save so many lives. And people yes. really just became more inventive during that time and also staying indoors, the emissions and everything reduced but again exactly. now now that people are going back out into the world again the emphasis has to shift back because that is after all the most important the most important crisis in the world currently i would think personally is climate change uh, and we need to definitely mitigate it definitely though uh, covid had all the uh, you know the bad things that it did to our earth but at the same time it did teach us a very big lesson that we should behave ourselves first and foremost and yeah. we are not doing that we are harming nature and then blaming nature for all the ill effects we have to be careful ourselves in the first place yes ma'am uh, the cyclones so. the forest fires they were our fault to begin with all because of climate change yes ma'am and uh, Trust me, uh, Medhavi, as a part of our class 12th curriculum, we also study climate change and uh, we are always studying that with this kind of an increase in temperature, you know, the polar uh, icebergs are supposed to melt and everything would be underwater. And we being terrestrial animals, we would not be able to survive. We are not aquatic animals. So we discuss all these things. It has also been made a part of the curriculum to make us aware. But at the same time, the next moment, probably we are driving our own cars back home, releasing as much CO2 as is not necessary and harming the nature as usual. So we actually have to behave ourselves. Yes, ma'am. And my next question to you would be, are biomimicry and other socially progressive ideas a method for future good? Definitely. There is no doubt about that because we should realize and maybe we would have realized by now, especially with 2020 experience, that the closer we move towards nature, the better are the chances of our survival. Now it's a question of our survival because the way humans harm the earth, no other animal does. So we have to realize this and we have to uh, be moving closer to nature and what better way could be there other than biomimicry. Exactly. So I completely agree with you. I feel that one step and that change in the mindset of the people is the most important to realize how essential it is for us to move towards saving our own kind from our, like, exactly. from our, literally from ourselves. And exactly. mimicry exactly. and other socially progressive ideas, I basically mean things related to climate change and new medical advancements, things like that can definitely help to progress our Exactly, exactly. You know, actually, we, we, when we hear the word cannibals, uh, you know, we actually shiver and we think how can one species eat up the same species. But this is exactly what we are doing here. We are not literally eating each other up, but we are harming each other so much that this one species on this, this planet is causing the most harm to the same species. So exactly. you have to realize that and behave a little more thoughtfully. Exactly. A little more intelligently. Yeah. 
and ma'am, I don't think the earth is going to last forever at the rate we are going at. Very true. Very true. I mean, the earth is in and of itself an exhaustible resource now, right? So very much so. Yes. Yes. Not that much we can do, but there's definitely a lot that is currently happening, and we can try if, to do better. If we if we just play our parts, Madhavi, in a in a intelligent way, in a way as if uh, we are educated, educated in the sense that we do understand what is going on around us, exactly. then maybe we can save our earth. We can pull down this greenhouse gas, carbon dioxide, which can be used to our benefit instead of harming us. Exactly. So that is now completely on us. Yes, ma'am. And ma'am, you know that solving human challenges is the primary objective of biomimicry. And are there any methods that you can imagine which would help you solve a human challenge? We had discussed the uh, idea of um, the pitcher plant earlier, but is there anything else that comes to mind for you? Uh, yes, one though is the pitcher plant. The other thing would be the climate change, how we can stop it. We are the cause of the climate change and only we can stop it. No other species can do that for us. Uh, then what else comes to my mind? This is a very small thing, but I think, uh, Medhavi, like it's possible for each and every person uh, in India, even a very, very poor person maybe to do. That is simply, uh, see, uh, when we look at any stray dog or any animal uh, that is uh, dead on the road and cared for. So even if the municipal corporation is not uh, disposing that dead body, nature always takes care of it. So in a period of maybe six months, there would be no trace of that animal. So this, again, uh, another way of biomimicking if we could simply, instead of creating such a lot of organic kitchen waste, if we could simply uh, you know, distribute those, everyone would be having, uh, if not a garden, but at least some potted plants at home. Yeah. So even if not the whole of the kitchen waste, if at least some of it could be used in that way, you know, not only will we not be buying artificial fertilizer then but also that organic waste is automatically getting converted into fertilizers for the potted plants that we have at home and it is also taking care of the huge amount of waste produced every day by each and every household so you know that is also another way by which i think we can uh, mimic nature and utilize something which we are actually discarding thinking it's useless uh, but it is actually useful because ultimately the vegetable peels, the fruit fruit peels and everything that the kitchen is generating is nothing but the same uh, carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen that is there in the fertilizers and that is going to build the plants. So these things, you know, very uh, small and big, our contributions, our individual contributions, you know, that could make the earth, of earth a better place to live in. Yes, ma'am. The law of conservation of energy really plays a big role. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It just changes from one form to another. And this exactly. is composting is actually just one of the best ways of reducing our own household wastage. And I completely agree with you. And ma'am, I personally think that not just emphasis on us, but emphasis on corporations and the various facets of humanity, such as like fashion and various places where there is so much waste created. I think we should definitely work towards appealing towards the government and trying to enact laws and enact various policies that could help to reduce the huge amounts of waste that are created through just large corporations. 
Definitely, Midhavi. In fact, for big corporate bodies, for big industries, it is even more easy. Like they could actually have an entire park, a garden where they could, you know, uh, just recycle the biodegradable wastes and use them like fertilizers. As far as the non-biodegradable wastes are, uh, we can easily segregate them and, you know, see to it that they are recycled. It could be like selling it off maybe to people who buy it, or it could be some other way, like whatever. But I'm sure that all of us who are generating the wastes at a daily basis are also capable of taking care of those wastes. It's just again on us how intelligently we behave ourselves. Definitely. So see, the onus completely lies in our hands, in the hands of homo sapiens. But whether we are going to take that up and actually think wisely again. Yes, ma'am. I think biomimicry as a concept itself, it just helps to put everything into perspective and make you realize the importance of nature and how we can take inspiration for, as I said, social and environmental good. And those are essentially the most important things for humanity to take care of ourselves and to make sure that we don't destroy ourselves in the process. And exactly. Yes, ma'am. I think... Um, that was a very comprehensive episode and I am so thankful for you to join us here today. My pleasure, Midhavi, my pleasure. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you.